ladies and gentlemen, coming to you not quite live from Edmonton, Alberta, it's the 2019 Rotten Tomato Prognosticator, brought to you by I Have Some Notes. And now, to introduce the rules of our game, everybody's favorite host, Colin McIntyre! Thank you, thank you, thank you, Scott, thank you. Oh, what a wonderful crowd we have here tonight. Uh, this is the second annual Rotten Tomato Prognosticator uh, special on the I Have Some Notes podcast, uh, part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATV Financial. Uh, of course, my name is Colin McIntyre. With me always, of course, is... Greg Beaver. And, of course... Scottsy Bourgeois. Yes. Uh, thanks. Uh, yeah, thanks for joining us. Uh, uh, this is the, the second time we've done this special episode. Uh, essentially, well, 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 kind of... Essentially, what's going to happen is... Last year, we did a thing before the summer silly movie season where we took a bunch of movies and we kind of guessed what the Rotten Tomatoes score was going to be. We, we looked in there into, into the future. Uh, this year, we're kind of expanding it uh, where we're going we're gonna to do our predictions show first. And then after the summer season's over, we're going to look back and see how close we are. Um, but we're going to we've, we've tweaked things up a little bit this year to make it a little bit more fun. And Greg is going to explain kind of, uh, kind of what, what, uh, what we're doing a little bit different. Well, we're first of all, we're we're expanding it to compete with yes. other uh, uh, Alberta area podcasts, uh, and uh, the uh, the other podcasts that are uh, competing with us this year are the PS2J Show, uh, the uh, Flix X Raid from Calgary, uh, Modern Manhood, Emily Missed Out, and Repodcasting. If you're a fan of uh, of uh, the Alberta Podcast Network, you recognize quite a few of those shows mm-hmm. in there. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's a uh, what's at stake? I don't know. Pride, I guess. Freedom. In true movie fashion, because a lot of these are, um, or there should be some sort of MacGuffin, like mystical talisman or like... A Maltese falcon. Mal- some yes, yeah. Some sort of like energy crystal. A, a light shining briefcase. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That sort of stuff. So last year we did Price is Right rules. So we're going to change the rules a little bit. So uh, this year... Um, the idea will be to uh, to finish the summer with the lowest score. So, for okay. example, if I choose, if I predict that um, Avengers Endgame is going to get eighty percent on Rotten Tomatoes and it gets ninety percent, my score is ten because the difference is ten. Okay, right? Makes okay. sense. Makes sense. So, yeah. so essentially, so it's kind of like golf rules. Yeah. yeah. So basically, uh, whoever. <laughs> Except you, there's no under par or over par. It's all just one score. Just kind of clo- <laughs> close to, right? So, okay. Uh, so we've got, um, we got a, a bunch of different movies here. Um, and then so on this, so on this podcast, um, uh, Scott, Greg, and I, we're going to throw out our predictions. Uh, and then we're going to gather all the predictions from the other shows. And we're gonna, are we going to publish them? Is that how it's going to work? Is it going to post them somewhere? Yeah, it would or? take us a very long time to run down everyone's scores. And yeah. as of the recording of this episode... Not everyone has submitted yeah, their yeah. picks yet. So April we'll do, April first is the deadline for okay. it. So. Yeah, we'll find a way to publicly post them so that you can follow them, and we'll uh, and we'll maybe update the scores as the summer goes. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And uh, you can follow along at home if you want to play. If you want to get out your well, there's almost a, like fantasy, like fantasy football, fantasy Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> uh, so let's so let's uh, not wait any longer. Let's just dive into some movies here. Um, so the first movie on our list was Shazam! Shazam! Exclamation mark. Uh, this is the latest DCU offering. Um, Greg, every time you... I every time I, I hear this about this movie, I always think of Shaq. 
Right? It was like it was his movie Shazam? That was it was not Kazam. Kazam, Kazam. Right? Okay. Yeah. This does not have Shaquille O'Neal in it. <laughs> uh, Greg, what do you? Uh, what's your prediction for this film? Well, uh, the trailer looks funny, and it's the type of type of movie with a, with a tone and a and a and an, um, an outlook that's probably right on point right about now. Superhero movies of they're into this sort of like. I guess Twilight, if you want to call that. Not going to say that there, there's, you know, it's peaked and it's over or anything like. But you know, uh, sending up a, a superhero movie is, is is the right thing to do right now, just because there've been so many of them, and you tend to parody them as as something gets uh, too popular, right? Yep. The other thing is like the director uh, David F. Sandberg's um, his other movies sort of like hover around the 70% range. So uh, I'm just going to uh, take that as my predictor and say 70%. 70%. Can't put it. I'm making the keyboard sound. It's going on the record. There we go. Ding. Scott. Uh, I'm going to go a little higher than Greg. I think that there's a built-in desire to see a successful DC movie right now. They've had a couple hits here and there, but for the most part, it's been kind of eh. And I think Shazam has the... Uh, has has the real chance to turn around their fortunes a little bit because of the different tone, and yeah, I think it's it a tone like, that people are looking I, so for. You're thinking that critics are are um, clamoring for and wanting to like this movie. No, Is I that think part I, of your I calculation. Think, I certainly think audiences are, and I think that that's good. But I think that because because I think DC might be looking to give the audiences something a little more like what they want with this one. That'll reflect well in the critic score as well. Okay. And so I'm going to go a little higher than Greg, but a little lower than Colin. Okay. I'm going to give it a solid 80. Ooh, okay. Sounds good. Uh, I had the the, the highest uh, rating out of everyone. I put it at 88%. Um, just because, so um, this was actually, from what I've read, they've actually lifted the um, the review embargo. Uh, on yeah, this. they they sound like they're really confident about yeah, this one. Yeah, and like they, they might have a hit. And the and the early uh, and the early reviews are actually quite positive. So I'm gonna go. It looks it looks fun. It looks silly. It looks like a good old romp. So I'm gonna put it at 88. percent Right on. Moving on. Uh, Hellboy, the reboot no one wanted <laughs> or asked for. Uh, but uh, maybe the reboot we needed question mark <laughs> question well scott you you go first which what do you think of this one um well to be fair the uh the early trailers have looked pretty okay for hellboy i'm not gonna lie it's it's a little bit different than the ron perlman one it's definitely a little grittier and a little more adult than the ron perlman one yeah it's kind of gory it's it less less pg-13 and more maybe kind of like an r-rated hellboy which i'm kind of okay with yeah. um i think it's gonna do i think it's gonna do pretty okay for itself I'm going to give it a 75. Oh, okay. 75. Greg. Um, well, the director, Neil Marshall, directed one of my favorite horror movies of all time called The Descent. Um, most recently, he's been uh, doing a lot of television directing. He directed the Battle of Blackwater Bay episode of Game of Thrones and mm. uh, a couple others. He also did this. He also directed some uh, Lost in Space episodes, which was very good. If you have not watched Lost in Space on Netflix, you should. Um, I'm not as familiar with the screenwriter, Andrew Crosby, so, um, most of Neil Marshall's movies have kind of hung, hovered again around the 70% mark, so I'm going to say 72. 72%? Um, I'm not excited for this movie. I don't really think it's, I've seen, like, I've seen the trailers. I don't mind Hellboy. I like the concept, but I mean, to me, the, it looks, 
Greg has put something in my brain, which is which is now locked in there in Eschner, which is basically, if you're going to do a reboot or a remix, there has to be a reason for it to exist, correct? Yeah. yeah. This looks a little too much like the first one, but just it just looks like the first one just with more blood and guts. So... Uh, so I'm going, I'm going to be pessimistic here. I'm going 61% on this one. That was actually the, the in, initial reaction to the first images that came from it, right? Like when, uh, when the images of, uh, um, sorry, what's the actor's name, the new actor? Oh, you put me on the screen. Oh, oh sorry. it's the guy from, it's the guy from Stranger the, Things. Yeah, the Stranger well, Things guy. When, when oh, those images oh showed up, um, people were like, well, he looks exactly like Ron Perlman. David Harbour. So, yeah. So what's the, what's the point? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, now to another little indie project, little indie little uh, thing. Wow, I haven't heard. I haven't even heard any hype about this movie. I don't know. Uh, Avengers Endgame, Infinity War two. Uh, <laughs> Greg, what do you think for Avengers Endgame? I don't know. I uh, think you should go first on yeah, this one. I'm we, going. We I'm going. Wowzers! <laughs> I'm going Wayne Gretzky ninety nine percent only because I'm going to give leave it and with one percent margin of error. I just feel, I feel like, I feel like how can they, what could they possibly do to screw this up at this point? It's like the most hyped movie, I think, probably since, I feel like in my lifetime, probably since Phantom Menace. And even then it might be even like. Okay. So I think this argument works if you're talking about box office, which, which this, I mean, a hundred percent, this is going to be a box office smash. Oh, yeah, I yeah. don't think this argument necessarily works for, for critical response. No, nah, but I, I, I think I like, but even then, like the, like it's, it's hard to screw up the Avengers at this point. So I kind of feel like, I feel like it's going to be, there's going to be so much love. There's so much thought, like the, like the, the thought about like, okay, it's Iron Man's last movie and yeah. Captain America's last movie. I'm going, I'm saying everyone will love it. They'll laugh. They'll cry. They'll probably cry some more. Ninety nine percent. It'll be an emotional roller coaster. Scott, fair enough. Um, so, I I want this movie to do very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm absolutely going to go see it. I mm-hmm. may already be booked on another podcast to talk about it. Oh, look at that. Um, but oh, I have heard some grumblings oh. from people whose opinions and movies I like. And I'm not suggesting like movie critics or professional people, just like some of my friends who went and saw Infinity War and were just kind of like, I, I kind of feel like I'm done with it. Like this movie ended on such an underwhelming note and I know how the sequel is going to end with time travel hijinks and a reboot of the timeline. So like, I don't feel like I need to go see it. And I'm, I'm worried that that's going to be borne out a little bit. So I'm, 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 Mm. I have some, mm. I have some trepidation, so, but I do want it to do well, and I do, at the end of the day, think that it's going to be well reviewed. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go with eighty-two percent. Ooh, eighty-two. That is lower than I would have expected. Guys, evil Baggins. Endings are hard. <laughs> Endings are hard. Uh, I'm going to go seventy-seven percent. Whoa. I, I mean, I, I have no doubt that it will be uh, a reasonably enjoyable movie, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, most uh, most endings to big franchises uh, don't go so well. So that's where we're at. Fair enough. Part of me hopes if they do go back in time, I hope there's a, there's a killer whale involved. Or not. Orca. What whale was not Star Trek for? The humpback, humpback whale. Humpback whale. Sorry. Yeah. It's been a while. 
And yeah, I mean, this, this are you suggesting there's going to be a whale probe in this movie? Hopefully. <laughs> That's <laughs> That'd be amazing. <laughs> uh, Detective Pikachu? Question mark. I, when I first heard about this movie, I thought it was a joke. <laughs> like I thought it was just like I thought like it was like an April Fool's Day sort of like oh that sounds funny and then it's like oh no this is a thing they've put money on hundreds of millions of dollars in. yeah um, yeah who wants to go first on this um, Greg you go first I went first on the last one what kind of I'll I go looked, up and down the roads here sure uh, I looked at uh, director Rob Letterman's uh, track record and it's because it's sort of like average. At best, and I'm not again. I'm not familiar with the the screenwriter of this movie. He's he's, I, he's done the new Tick show. Has anybody watched that? Nope. No, I haven't watched it either. So I'm not. I don't know the quality of his work either. So made made this uh, you know, predicting this a little tough. Um, I found that the trailer was surprisingly delightful and funny, mm-hmm. and uh, for something that's a comedy, that's usually a good indicator. So. Uh, I'm going to go with 82%. And you know what? A lot of critics are sort of, they're getting a little younger. And a lot of them <laughs> are Pokemon fans. So I think a higher score might be the right way to go in this one. Yeah, there's a surprising amount of hype for this movie right now. Especially after that second trailer dropped and everybody went, oh, this actually looks real good. The second trailer looked like, oh, this is an actual Pokemon movie. Yeah, and not just not just like a tongue-in-cheek goofy movie, yeah. but an actual Pokemon movie that also has a sense of humor and is maybe a little more mature. Yeah. Um, and yeah. that's fair because Pokemon, like, as you said, a lot of people grew up with Pokemon who are now in their, like, 20s and 30s. Yeah. And so, like, making a Pokemon movie kind of aimed at that demographic, not a bad idea. Yeah. Not a bad idea at all. Um, Ryan Reynolds also tends to hit it out of the park with his uh, comedy movie choices <laughs> for the most part, at least in recent memory. And uh, I mean, he's in the movie. He's leading the movie. So I don't know. I think I think it might actually be a surprise hit of the summer. And uh, not just with audiences, but maybe with critics, too. Um, looking up on the big board, I see a lot of big numbers have already been picked. I'm I'm going to I'm going to throw my my hat up there as well in the same kind of range. I'm going to go with. 85%. The correct answer is 48%. <laughs> uh, I just, I don't know. I kind of feel like this is just, like, you're right. There is there is probably an audience for it. Um, I don't know. Like, I guess my question is, is for, for Pokemon fans, do they want a Pokemon movie or do they want a Pokemon wearing a detective hat? Like, kind of like spinning it off. To be fair, that's, that's actually based on a video game. Is it really? Yeah, there's a Detective Pikachu video. Okay, game, see, so. this is how much I know, which I don't know that much about. Pokemon. And I, I will say this as well: you might not think, well, they're making a they're making a a Pokemon movie, and why? Like, yeah. like, and not just like an anime Pokemon movie, which of which there are a couple that exist, but like a live action, like big blockbuster Pokemon movie. And you might think, why? Like, how is that going to be well reviewed? How is that going to make a ton of money? And I will point you at the Lego Movie. And say, wasn't that a surprise hit? I guess. That was a surprisingly good movie. It was very well reviewed. It it was great. Like, it was a great film. Yeah. And nobody would have expected that. It was the Lego movie. I'd say that was just like a natural progression of where we're, where we're at in the cultural zeitgeist. Because, you know, we, we've already gone through all of us 80 Babies movies and stuff like that. Like, we've seen, you know, the big Transformers reboot. Uh, reboot and Which the, we may or may not be talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Stay tuned for the next soon. episode. Um, 
you know, it's it's now we're into like '90s stuff, like uh, like early '90s stuff. Like we saw the the Ninja Turtles get a reboot. We saw um, Power Rangers get a reboot, and you know, Pokemon was sort of late '90s. So we're that's we're kind of right there. Courting those that uh, that twenty to forty demographic, the twenty five to thirty five, twenty five to forty five demo. Looking forward to Rocco's modern life, <laughs> Grim and Grady reboot. Uh, we started with Greg and last one, so uh, Scott will lead us off on John Wick Actually, chapter I th- three. Oh, I think it's one? your turn to lead us off on this. Is one. it my turn? Okay, well I will lead us off on John Wick chapter three, par- Parabellum, 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 Parabellum. Okay. Um, Here's the thing. I really like John Wick 1. I think it's really, really great. It's one of those movies that I think I could, like, I could watch it over and over and over again. Like, like it's it's on Sunday afternoon, you know, back when we used to watch movies on TV when they just came on randomly. Like, John, I would call John Wick that type of movie. John Wick 2, I wasn't as jazzed about, even though, like, a lot of people loved it. And I'm like, uh, it's actually, John Wick 2 is actually on one, I have a short list of movies that I feel I need to rewatch. Because I feel like I've missed something. I think John Wick 2 is on that list. So, other than getting all shooty in the facey, which is kind of what I took away from John Wick 2, John Wick 3 looks like it's kind of just the same. So, yeah, I'm kind of feeling like it's going to fall a little bit more flat. So, I put 67%. Now, Greg said something about Avengers Infinity War that I think is very pertinent to John Wick 3. Endings are hard. Yes. <laughs> Uh, especially uh, when you had diminishing returns on your second film to your first one. And which is not to say John Wick 2 was bad, but it was not as good as the first one. No. And my concern is that John Wick 3 is not going to be as good as the second that's, one. Yeah, that's right. And so I'm kind of in the same boat where I don't know that it's going to do as well. I think it's going to do a little better than that, though, with the critics. So I'm going to give it a 70. 7 0. Yes. Uh, Put it up for great. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like you do, Scott. Like the, to me, the the series kind of jumped the shark in the second movie. Like, is everyone a sa- an assassin? Like, it's <laughs> very confusing to me. Um, the the John Wick story itself, like, I feel like his arc was complete in the first movie. Yes, and then yes, yes, and, yes. and there was nothing really for him to to dig into in the in the second movie. And and I and and. The, the the one thing I'll say about this is that while that's the way I feel, um, critics as a whole didn't tend to. I think critics still seem to really dig John Wick, so I'm going to actually go with 80% on this one. And that's fair. At the end of the day, we're looking at the critical rating. Yeah. Yes. Uh, this is the, So next up is the... How many... Is this like the second... Okay, only two. Well, what seems to be where Disney used to do one of these every year, now pumping out like nine per year, <laughs> which is basically a, a live action of live, an animated li- film. live action computer generated remake of the uh, of a of a paper animated to, version. To be fair, Aladdin is a thousand percent more live action than Lion King. Yeah, that's true. Which is entirely CGI. <laughs> yes. Which is which is not a live action remake by any no. stretch of yep. the imagination. They didn't use real lions. Um, yeah, so this is Aladdin. Um, Scott, you think you're first on this one? Uh, sure. I um, I don't know. Beauty and the Beast was not the greatest remake of the cartoon. They um, they made some interesting choices. For I did that not film. see it. It did. Uh, we did when it when it came up on Netflix. We I made a point I, of watching it. And I mean, it. there there are there are things to like about it. 
But there are also a lot of things to kind of not like about Are it. you mad that Belle's dress wasn't as shiny as it was supposed to be, Scott? Well, obviously that okay, was one that of was the weird That was a big bone of contention. Was the chief complaint. Um, and here's the thing. I don't recall how it was received by the critics. I know it did well for itself, but I don't recall. And, and I mean... This is this is me not having done much research before this episode, <laughs> so it's kind of my own fault. Uh, Colin's, Colin's it. pulling it up here just to give me a leg up. It did seventy two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That was Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, I would wager that Aladdin is probably going to do kind of around the same. Um, I'm gonna I'll, I'm gonna make it a nice round number and go with seventy five. I think it's gonna having having seen it it's got will smith in it so it's got a little bit of star power i i think it might do a little better than beauty and the beast and they might have learned some lessons from beauty and the beast yes to take into it um i think uh the uh not casting a bunch of white people <laughs> is also a point in a its big credit yeah. so uh yeah i think it'll do a little better i don't know that it'll do a lot better i think 75 is a good bet um yeah, I don't know. Guy Ritchie's uh, re- recent track record is not great. Um, King Arthur was a dud. Um, I personally hated uh, The Man from Uncle. What? Uh, oh, I, I actually. Whoa. I quite liked The Man from Uncle. Actually. <laughs> Stop the good. recording. <laughs> Um, maybe that'll have to be a future episode or something, or we'll, have, a, to have, a, a we'll have to have a side note for you guys to try and convince me why this terrible movie deal, with, deal. <laughs> with deal. no personality is a I might, I might have to movie. sub in Anita because she also really loves that movie. I have a copy if you want to borrow. As do I. We, we no, spent money owning I don't, the I don't from want it. I, uh, <laughs> I don't want it. I hated it. <laughs> 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 oh, you don't like a movie? How about three copies? <laughs> now watch mine. Um, you know, the, the the trailer for Aladdin, getting back to that, um, they've all looked awful to me. Like, um, I don't like the aesthetic. Um, the um, computer effects don't look great. Yeah. Um, uh, obviously, Will Smith looks very bizarre as the genie. Um so, and I actually noticed in the, in the trailer, the second trailer, they showed a whole bunch of scenes where um, the genie turns himself into like a person that just looks like Will Smith. So he's not, he's not blue guy all the time throughout the entire movie. So maybe that saves it a little bit. I don't know. Maybe even while, while they were, uh, they were doing the test footage of the, of the film, they're like, oh, this blue stuff is just not working out. We're going <laughs> to yeah. have Will Smith just be a regular dude through most of the, um, I don't know. It's just that the tra- the trailer combined with Guy Ritchie's poor track record recently just leads me to believe this is going to be a pretty big flop. So I'm going to go 44. percent Ooh, ooh, good stuff. Uh, I had it at 72 percent just because um, kind of this, I echo kind of Greg's comments where I've looked at the trailers. They just it looks like cheap. Like it looks like like Disney Channel kind of. Yeah. Yeah. It just looks off. There's something about it that doesn't look like it's. It's missing that grandeur and that spectacle. And maybe that's just because we've... And maybe because it's... We've, because now we've seen this with... That they, they've, they, 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 Disney's been trying to push like the, the whole, this whole awe, like the shock and awe, almost like, oh, look at... It's Belle and the Beast, or it's Cinderella, and like, you know... And it's like, okay, we get it, we've seen it. Jungle, Jungle Book, all those. It's like, 
you're not impressing us anymore because you, we know what you can do with computers, with computer boxes now. Like, big deal. Um, yeah, so I'm putting that at uh, 72%. Um, this movie I'm actually interested in. I'm very curious about this one. Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Uh, now, this is the sequel to the to the Godzilla 2014 Godzilla movie. Yeah, Which correct. we've talked about doing on the podcast yeah. forever, have not yet done. We will get to it. Someday. Um, but if I'm going first, am I going first? Sure. I put this at 76%, although even though I think about it, I might go a little bit higher, but I'll say 76 just because I, I let it there. Um, but I'm very curious to see what this does, how people like it. Because I, I want this I want this to be a very good movie. I want... So your 76 is out of hope. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I, but I, I actually kind of hope to be wrong. Like, I actually kind of hope that there's a lot of buzz about this movie and it actually, like, pushes me to go, like, oh, yeah. no, you have to see it. It's amazing. It's like, you know... So I want the correct answer to be 99%. Um... Hmm. Well, let's see. On the one hand, uh, director Michael Doherty wrote and directed Krampus, which is great. On the other hand, he had a story credit on Apocalypse, X-Men Apocalypse, which was terrible. Mm. So, I don't know. And you know what the other thing is? is like American versions of Godzilla just don't have a great track record. Yeah. Um, it's a tough sell on American audiences for some reason, and... and I don't know. Maybe we just despite don't. the fact that Americans love the yeah. love Godzilla, yeah. they just don't like American Godzilla. <laughs> so I'm going to go fifty percent. Ooh, um, five zero. Wow, Godzilla, King of Monsters. Um, as you say, there is an appetite for Godzilla, but not necessarily American Godzilla movies. But I think that there is also a desire to see a good one. Finally, and I, I don't know. I think I think maybe this might be the surprise one. This might be the one that finally breaks the mold. Um, I'm going to go out on a big limb, and I'm going to say it's going to do very well critically, and it's going to get an 80. This is going to be the, this. I, I this is this is where I'm going to win, right? I, yeah, these yeah, well, are the points I, that I'm going to pick. I up, feel I think. like this. I feel like like a movie like Godzilla is actually like who's actually it's going to make or break. I think some of this, like, it's going to make a big difference in the standings, which we, which we finally <laughs> get to. Uh, X-Men 12? How many movies are we in now for X-Men movies? Like, a lot. X-Men colon the Dark Wall. X-Men colon Dark Phoenix. Uh, this is the latest X-Men offering. Is Jennifer Lawrence in this movie? Yeah, she is. Is she? Okay. I wasn't sure if she was. Yeah, I was surprised. I, I, uh, the, the second trailer had her in it a bunch. Yeah. Um, who's going first in this one? Greg. Uh, let's see. Director Con- Simon Kingberg is first time director. That usually doesn't work out oh, great. Good. And he let's, was, give, uh, let's give him the X Men. <laughs> and he had story credits uh, or screenwriter credits on Days of Future Past and uh, Apocalypse. So Apocalypse was the last one, right? Yeah. So I'm gonna give him. I'm gonna give it fifty eight percent. Fifty eight percent. Five eight percent. Wow, Greg is really optimistic about this movie. Yeah. Um, uh, I I am going to go with uh, I'm going to go right down the middle on this one and give it a fifty. Five, I actually, and I uh, honestly, in my heart, I think it's going to do worse than that. But I'm calling this my 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 lock. This is where I bring up like my lock or my shoe or whatever it is or whatever. <laughs> this is my worst movie of the summer. Twenty five percent because I feel like a the Colin X- McIntyre guarantee. Colin McIntyre guarantee. <laughs> I feel like the X Men movies are trending downward, and I feel like they've been trending downward for a while. 
So, and I was actually surprised when they were even making this one. I'm like, why are they still making these? Like, yeah. they, like really, in at the end of the day, Logan was kind of like the perfect capper to the yeah. old X Men movie. I thought like, that, that was, was it. that was a good. I end almost point. don't even consider them that to be a part of the this stretch of this new stretch of uh, X Men movies that were that started with First Class, right? Yeah. Like, it's just it, Logan's kind of like, as you say, like a. A sequel to the previous uh, X Men series Logan, of films. Uh, Logan is actually on my rewatch list because I feel like when I watched Logan, I was like, mm, I missed something. But anyway, yeah, no. But I feel like, uh, like Days of Future Past was was a bit of an up, and then Apocalypse was a straight down, and then Logan people loved and raved about Logan, but I feel like this is a continuation of Apocalypse. I feel like like I feel like Apocalypse should have been should have been like, all right, we're done. Michael Fassbender, you don't have to do these anymore. Uh, like, like I wonder if this is this like because people are under contract. Is that what's happening here? I don't know. Twenty five percent, I say. The Edmonton Public Library presents Overdue Finds, a podcast all about what you can find at the library. Join hosts Bryce Crichton and Caroline Land as they discuss movies, music, books, pretty much any sort of pop culture and media you can think of, and likely some you've never thought of. Catch it all every two weeks at epl.ca slash podcast. Uh, a bit of a reboot. Scott, I'll throw this to you. Men in Black International. Uh, an interesting but kind of welcome reboot. Um, but it's not really a reboot, is it? Because it's just them saying, hey, there were men in black in other countries. And rather than saying that the original men in black didn't happen, here's just other stuff that was happening at the same time. Yes. Um, which is kind of an okay way to do it uh, without having to throw out the baby with the bathwater with the men in black stuff. And I've actually heard that they're actually this they're actually doing the same thing with um, they're doing like a like a, a 21 Jump Street sort of soft reboot as well where it's going to be a female cast but it's going to be set in the same universe as yeah it's just another team yeah doing just another team doing something those else things yeah. yeah so yeah so this so, so i think depending on how this does is gonna that's gonna be like the the gauge on how all that concept works but anyway you what's your what's your number for um Chris i mean Hemsworth and men in black has always Cassie been Thompson? kind of if iffy in its quality um I want to say that this is going to be the case here. I think it's going to be better than maybe the last couple Men in Black movies, but maybe not by a huge amount. And I mean, it's I'm I'm going to see it because it's got Chris Hemsworth in it. Let's be fair. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a, I'm gonna give it a fair seventy two. Oh, seventy two. I think it's gonna I think it's gonna be well enough rated. Greg. Uh, like the performers in it, Tess Thompson, Chris Hemsworth, great. Um, but Men in Black has always struggled since the first one, so I will give it a. Actually, actually, I'm pretty certain that this is going to be a flop. So this will be my guarantee <laughs> <laughs> worst movie of the summer. And, and at thirty percent, the trailer was not uh, not particularly uh, interesting to me at all. No, um, I did, it didn't inspire me at all. So. Yeah, it, it doesn't. It doesn't look like it's like, yeah. Like, did we really? Did we all want another Men in Black movie? One was one. I think one has its charm. The second one was blah. The second, third one was even more blah. I think because of the nostalgia for the first one, coupled with the 
uh, with the new cast being brought in. I yeah. think that there there is legitimately a little bit of like, yeah, okay, yeah, I'd be willing to give that a go. Yeah, and I so I think I think at least financially it'll do very well. Greg might be a little closer on the critics. I'm, <laughs> I may be being a little hopeful for it, but uh, we'll we'll have to wait and see. I suppose. Yeah. Uh, another surprise movie which I was I wasn't expecting. Toy Story Four. Um, yeah, I thought so. Okay, confession: I've not seen Toy Story three, and I understand Toy Story three is a weep fest. Yes, to be crying for days. Uh, yeah. So I kind of felt like that was it. That was them wrapping think, up, yeah, and it I was like, what them- thematically, it was the yeah. perfect conclusion Th- to that it. trilogy. And all of a sudden, there's a Toy Story four yeah. question mark. Um, I went pretty high on this just because I feel like everyone loves the Toy Stories, so I put it at ninety three. But even though I'm looking at this, I'm like. Is this but is this is this going to yeah like if people were happy that Toy Story three was the nice was the bow the bow and putting it away and everyone's they're said they're buying their closure and their when their Kleenexes and they're crying is that going to be like what are you doing here right it's like we said our goodbyes yeah so anyway but I said ninety three percent just because I think people well, like Buzz and Woody yeah and I mean it's a pretty safe bet if Pixar is coming out with a movie that it's going to be a critical darling but then again. I mean, Incredibles 2 was okay. It was okay. But it wasn't the best. Isn't Keanu in this one? Yes, Keanu is it. That, that's where my 93 came from. I knew there was another reason I gave it a 93. Because it has the Keanu Reeves factor. I think that when you when it comes to an unnecessary sequel to a story that wrapped up in a perfect way, you're really you're really playing with fire. You're you're juggling on a tightrope without a net. And I think that this might be a big stumble mm. for Pixar. Mm. And f- a big mm. stumble for Pixar is still going to get an 80 from the critics. <laughs> yeah. 80, I, 8, 0? I, I agree with everything that's just been said, and and I and I just think it's hard to bet against P- Pixar, so I'm going 90. Okay. Cool. Um, Spider-Man Far From Home, but Spider-Man's dead. We saw it. <laughs> What's going on? Spoilers. Spoilers. Well, maybe this happened before he went to space and turned into dust. Yeah. Oh, maybe. Uh, who wants to start this one? Uh, Me? Greg, Greg can uh, start uh, Again, hard to bet against Marvel. Their their track record is pretty good. Uh, high 70s to uh, low 90s where they always fit. So uh, I went with 88%. 88%. I'll go a little lower than Greg. But not by much. I'm gonna go by. Uh, I'm gonna go eight, a nice round eighty-five. Eighty-five for Spider-Man: Far From Home. Um, uh, I think. I think Spider-Man still got legs. I think the uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming movie was uh, was a hit that people were kind of hoping for for Spider-Man for a while, and uh, I think I think they've got a good thing going with it. Yeah, it had okay been a long while since there was a good Spider-Man movie, so. Uh... So when it uh, it wasn't uh, it wasn't uh, difficult to to jump over that bar. Maybe uh, Spider Man Far From Home has a, a tougher bar to to get over, but uh, I still think that uh, I trust Marvel. I think they'll do a good job. Uh, I would uh, I went seventy six percent on this um, just because I feel like you're always gonna get that Marvel bump. I think it's gonna be a good movie, but I kind of feel like I have to feel like at some point they got to start misstepping and misfiring at some point, right? They have to start... They can't... Every movie can't be well-loved. Every movie can't be a hit. <laughs> when are they going to just kind of, like, just kind of trip over their feet a little bit? So I kind of feel like... Uh, and, like, I watched the trailer, and I'm like, okay, so it's kind of, like, 
Spider-Man European vacation sort of thing, and Nick Fury's there, and Mysterio is there, but... So, yeah, so I'm feeling like this is going to be... I'm My prediction is that this is going to be the first somewhat sort of stumble where people are going to be like, it's good, but it's not great. Yeah. Like, it's not going to have that same joy that all that a lot of the other... I think even in the last, like, probably, like... Kind of like, like when Iron Man 2 came out, and people were just kind of like, eh... Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be in that vein where it's going to be like, you know, I I will say that like it's it's entirely possible that if if uh, Avengers Endgame doesn't deliver on a good conclusion, that, oh, yeah, that's that, another, that uh, it could affect how critics feel about further yeah. Marvel movies in the summer. Yeah, that's very very true. Uh, cool. Um, the Lion King reboot CGI grim and gritty Zack Snyder root. No, it's not. That's not it. Um, this is just, so a CGI with a, with a sparkling cast. John Oliver. I, I want to see it just to see John, John Oliver play Zazu. Is it Zazu? Uh, is yep. He's, he's a bird. <laughs> he's a bird in the movie. He's the bird? I thought he was one of the, um, um. No, Billy Eichner is Timon. Oh, okay. And Seth Rogen is Pumbaa. Oh, yeah. look at that. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be a pretty good combo, I think. Donald Glover is Zimba. There we go. All right. Um, I said 83%. I think it'll be fine. I think it'll do really well. I think it'll be... I feel like... Here's a question. Uh, I feel like... I feel like the one of the Lion King or Aladdin's going to flop. I kind of have a feeling like... Or need to like flop Disney-wise. I feel like Lion King will be uh, better received than than uh, Aladdin. So I'm saying 83. It'll be nice. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I'm going to agree with you. Um, th- I looked up the screenwriter, Jeff Nathanson... And to check his track record out. Um, not awesome. Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales. Tower Heist. Uh, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Oh, my God. And Rush Hour 3. Oh. Um, so, it, it, as strange as that is, that uh, you, when, I, when you hear what the score I'm going to predict is, because I'm still pretty confident John Favreau can deliver. He's the director. Uh, and the Jungle Book, which also was very well critically received, um, had a less than desirable uh, screenwriter who the, that screenwriter wrote uh, Street Fighter Legend, Legend of Chung Lee. So it seems like John Favreau can push through <laughs> even when maybe they don't have the strongest screenwriter. So I, I am going to predict 92%. Ooh, 92. Yeah, I can't help but feel that of the two quote-unquote live-action remakes. The two the two Golden Age Disney remakes coming out this summer that Lion King is going to perform better than Aladdin. And part of that is because, again, it's just another... It's just a cartoon remake of a cartoon. Yeah. Like, so there's something to be said about that. Yeah. It almost, like, it's weird because it looks like... It looks to me like um, they spent all their money on Lion King and then didn't give Aladdin any money just based on like the the quality of special effects between the two. Maybe they shouldn't have rushed them out both in the same summer probably. Maybe, yeah, maybe not. Dum- like isn't Dumbo coming out this summer too? Oh yeah. Summer, oh yeah. yeah, we we didn't even we put didn't it up, even on, put the it up on the big board. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there's 3 coming out. Yeah. Oh boy. I uh, think that's this I think that's this month though. Yeah, we, that might we be went just from April oh, okay. on. Yeah. Okay. So um but yeah, I I have a feeling that Lion King is probably going to do uh, a better than Aladdin is and uh, dead air Scott I know <laughs> I was leaving a long blank because bup, I was bup, waiting bup, for Colin bup, to bring bup, back bup, the numbers bup, so bup, I could bup, make a prediction bup, bup, bup. Uh, yeah I feel like Aladdin's going to 
do uh, a little bit worse than Lion King is. And I think that everybody is kind of right around where it's probably going to end up. I'm going to go a little lower than Greg, though. I'm going to go with 89%. 89%. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I don't know anything about this movie. It's a Quentin Tarantino film. Oh, look at that. Um, once upon a time, you know, it, this one's gonna be tough because there hasn't even been a trailer. Yeah, in fact, I think to this very day was the first day that they started releasing images from uh, the movie. So, oh, look at that! It's got uh, DiCaprio, Margot Robbie, Margot Robbie, Dicap- Brad Pitt, Dicap- Al Pacino, and Al Pacino. Look at that! All right, Quentin Tarantino hasn't directed a flop yet, so eighty-five percent oh, for okay. me. If you, as long as you don't count the anthologies, I think he hasn't <laughs> directed a film. Yeah, yeah. I think I think kind of in the '80s is probably a safe place to be for a Quentin Tarantino movie. He's if nothing, even if even if his movies underperform, they generally are critical darlings. So yeah. I'm going to go with 81. Um, I base this. I base my number, which was 66, on the fact that I knew nothing about the movie and was also too lazy to Google anything. <laughs> and now looking at the cast, going and realizing it's a Tarantino movie, I should probably go higher. However, I've put it in the Google Docs. It stays there for now, forever. Once so, in the Google Docs, forever in the Google yes, Docs. Yes. Uh, once. Uh, yeah. So I'm keeping it at 66. Uh, percent Although upon yeah, I, that's this is where I'm going to lose right here. Anyway, uh, our <laughs> final movie of the summer. It is Fast and the Furious. Nope. It's actually Hobbs and Shaw. Or no, Fast and the Furious. Presents. Presents Hobbs and Shaw. Isn't that how it works? Isn't that the official title? (laughs) Yikes. Oh, boy. (laughs) This is the... uh, I am looking forward to this movie only because it has created a bit of a split amongst the Fast and Furious cast. Because they were mad that The Rock kind of pushed this... Sorry, Dwayne Johnson pushed this into production ahead of the next Fast and Furious movie which is yeah nine i think yeah yeah anyway this is uh yeah a spin-off featuring jason statham jason and statham rock. and the rock didn't yeah. uh what's his name have like a meltdown about uh the rock and uh and what's his nuts uh spinning off oh yeah well actually there there yeah there's there's apparently a lot of animosity between the fast and furious cast even vin diesel who's right who produces those movies now yeah. And Dwayne Johnson. So there are egos. Which is, that's the movie I want to see is actually just. You want to see Egos the movie? <laughs> yeah, basically. Egos the movie. Um, yeah. Scott, why don't you start off this one? The oh, last boy. One. Uh, this movie is. Oh, boy. Um, yeah. Like, the Fast and the Furious movies aren't exactly critical darlings to start with. Nope. This is a spin off movie. Correct. Granted, with two popular uh, actors. For action films in The Rock and Statham. Also, but I mean, even if this, Elba let's be fair. Let's be fair. This movie is going to make half the money in the world in its opening weekend and is going to get panned by the critics. And I'm going to give it a generous 55. Ooh, okay. 55%. Generous 55. No Fast and Furious movie has, uh, has scored over 81%. Uh, so. I think it's, a, it's safe to say that it's it's going to be uh, sort of an, a mid-range film in terms of uh, uh, critical uh, acclaim. Um, although David Leach did direct Atomic Blonde, so so there's that. Uh, but I will still give it a 61. You know, I, I, watching the trailer, you know, it, it felt to me like 
like I, I understood what the what the movie was going for, like these two these two opposites, and they have to work together, and it should be very funny. But I just wasn't laughing. Um, although I did crack a smile here and there, I'll give it that. Um, so I'll, the trailer didn't give me super a whole lot of confidence. Not that I love judging a movie by a trailer. It's like judging a book by its covers. But you know, that's all I got to go on. So yeah. Uh, I said 73%. I think it'll be okay. And I think maybe even uh, um, because I think the with the Fast and Furious movies, there's obviously there's there's a larger cast. This is very much it's it's uh, Dwayne Johnson and Jason Statham versus Idris Alba. It looks like it does look like everyone looks like they're having a lot of fun in the movie. And I think maybe that will kind of pump it up a little bit and people will say like, yeah, it's dumb and stupid, but it's kind of fun. So I'm saying 73%. Although I even think I'm wrong even saying that right now. <laughs> we all went out on a limb on a couple of these. Yeah. Except for Greg. Greg played it pretty safe. <laughs> yeah. I'm already, I'm, I'm already calling it next year. I'm just going to do 50s right across the board <laughs> and see how I perform. Uh, yeah. So this, so we're, um, we're going to get to uh, the other shows. Uh, PS2J, uh, Flix X-Raid, Modern Manhood, Emily Missed Out, and Repodcasting. Uh, their hosts are going to put, up, put uh, their predictions, and then we're going to post this out on Into the World Wide Web for you all to see. Yeah, and we'll, and we'll maybe come up with some manner of uh, grand finale for yeah. when the summer's yeah. done, and we reveal yeah. the answers, and uh, maybe, the even, maybe even some kind of prize for the yeah. winner. We'll, we'll see what we can scrounge up on our you got budget. all summer to think about it. On our budget of, <laughs> like, Cheetos and yeah. uh, shoestrings. Yep, exactly. Uh, yeah, so uh, keep an eye out for that. Uh, and the easiest way to keep an eye out for those things is you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, uh, and Instagram. And I have some notes. Uh, and if you like the show, please consider rate uh, and reviewing us on the iTunes. It really uh, helps us out. Uh, if you like uh, this show, uh, please uh, check out uh, some of the other fine programs on the Alberta Podcast Network, just like this program. In the modern world, for men, modern society has created a reawakening of the question. What does it mean to be a man? It is not as clear-cut as it once was, and the answers are as varied, infinite, and complex as can be. This is where the podcast Mar Manhood comes in. Join me, Herman Vijegas, as we explore how the different views of masculinity shape our daily life. For example, how the way we date, parent, school, and play are affected by the many shapes modern masculinity has its handle on us. This is the lives of men as flawed, authentic, and complex as can be. This is Modern Manhood, a proud podcast of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATV. Uh, you can also find our episodes on the CKOA radio app, download it from the Apple App Store. We post new episodes every second week, so tune in in two weeks from now for our next episode, which will be a uh, full episode, full movie episode, where we're going to do... Which movie are we doing? More than meets the face. <laughs> that song wasn't in the movie. We're doing Transformers. Yeah, this one's been a long time coming. The original, the or well, not the original. original. I want to go on record saying I strongly fought against us doing this movie yes. because none of us really wanted to watch it again. <laughs> but yeah, we're taking on Michael Bay's Transformers. Anyway, uh, tune in for that. Uh, thanks a lot for joining us uh, today. We've got there's a million podcasts. We thank you for joining. Uh, us with this uh, and yeah we will see you and hear you really soon keep watching this guy and go see some summer movies why not they're fun